Welcome to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons. Thank you to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash pathtoglory. If that's not possible, totally okay. We still appreciate the listens and the support. This is Amon Kusro, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello, hello. How are you doing today, bud? Doing good. Good. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, today's episode, we're going to be covering the starter set. We're going to define what the starter set is, answer any uh, misconceptions that we've been seeing, at least on social media, and then we're going to jump into reviewing the first warband of the bunch, the Order Warband, the Storm of Celestis. Uh, but before we get into that, Jonathan, um, why don't you go ahead and describe what this starter set is? Well, this starter set um, seems like it was designed to be an intro to Warhammer Underworlds uh, that a player can buy uh, pretty much at any time. Um, the cool thing about it is that the boards and the warbands are pretty much evergreen. Um, they're just always going to be playable. Yes, absolutely. So the, there are two Nightvolt boards, I believe, in the set, and... Um, yeah, the whole idea, as Jonathan mentioned, is if you want to get into the game but you're kind of confused or you think your friend might not want to comprehend the universal aspect of it, well, great. Starter set, two solid warbands, uh, completely faction-only cards, all the tokens, dice, and boards you need to play. And then after that, you can uh, expand your friend or you, if you are never started this game before, into other aspects of the game and buy other warbands. I really like the idea of this because this is targeted to brand new players, but there's also something here for veterans as well because you get two brand new warbands. Um, and then maybe if you didn't play in Night Vault, you can get access to some older boards that are out of production as well because technically they're in production now. Yeah, I think the advantage of it over the uh, classic like uh, season core sets um, is that the boards will presumably never go away. Um, they were not going to cycle out. Um, you don't get universals with it, but depending on where you are in the season, um, like if, if you were about to buy Beast Grave right now, that may not actually be worthwhile. So um, it's an interesting concept. It's kind of like the Dreadfane expansion, but it actually has boards, which is a good thing. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's got some certifications from the Blue Tower as well, which is a really big deal. Um, before we get into reviewing the... Um, the Storm of Celestis, I do want to thank Games Workshop. Um, we both are early reviewers, and we get uh, product to review early and ahead of time. So thank you so much. Um, unfortunately, we won't be sharing any of the new cards um, or uh, contents of the box set, um, because that would uh, violate our NDA. But we will be able to talk about the cards. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, there are four fighters in this warband. Um, it is three Stormcast Eternals, all equipped with giant crossbows. I believe they're called Thunderhead Great Bows. And they have a loyal Griphound companion. So we're going to go ahead and start with the moniker and namesake of the warband. Uh, the Storm of Celestis, again, is the name of the warband. And this is Dracon Celestis. He's got three move, one block, four wounds. Um, he's got two attack profiles. So range three, two smash, two damage. That's his Thunderhead Great Bow. Interesting thing to note. The Thunderhead Great Bow can only, uh, this fighter can only make this attack action once per phase. So it's a one shot, but that kind of makes sense because it uh, is a big gun. Probably need to reload it. <laughs> and then 
Um, if he, uh, if you get up and close and personal with him, he can just hit you with the gun with the heavy stock range one, two smash, two damage as well. So even though he looks a bit older, he can pack quite the punch. Now, uh, he is the leader of the warband, and when this warband inspires, uh, they do so by making a successful Thunderhood great bow attack action. So, um, as you would imagine from a warband toting very large guns, it is integral for them to hit you and use those guns for them to kind of, you know, get things going. Now, when Celestis inspires, he gains an additional block. Um, his heavy stock goes to three smash. And when this fighter is holding an objective, this fighter cannot be driven back. So not necessarily um, guard, but pretty pretty strong, especially because some of their faction objectives have to do with holding objectives. Jonathan, what do you think of Dracon Celestis or Draken Celestis? Yeah, um, I think he's a pretty cool fighter. The uh, range three, two smash, two damage is a pretty solid attack. Um, the heavy stock attack is pretty decent. Um, it's not the best attack we've seen on a leader, but it's not uh, it's not really anything wrong with it. Um, kind of reminds me of Far Strider, and if you compare him directly to Far Strider, then um, the only downside is you can only shoot once, I guess. Yeah, a little yeah. slower too. Right. This actually reminds me of a combination of Sansa and Farstrider and uh, Aberrant Stormsire, um, yeah. where you know they they kind of have that range two damage off the bat, which is pretty much the, where the, um, you know, comparisons with Stormsire end. But I mean, you know, it's kind of cool because, I mean, it's it's pretty respectable profile. You know, two damage, yeah. two smash, range one and three, and then getting that two block at the end. And of course, you know, Stormcast Eternals are always four wounds, so. Very, very cool. What do you think about his um, special rule where he can't be driven back if he's holding objective? I think that's really cool, um, particularly the, the way that their Inspire works. If you charge onto an objective and you hit your attack, um, then you're going to be two block and you're not going to be able to get driven back off that objective. And I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I think it's going to reward him for uh, basically charging aggressively onto objectives. Um, if you miss that attack, that's going to be unfortunate. But... <laughs> That's how it works, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a curse breaker effect when you empower. Like, there's so much invested in, like, getting a particular roll off, because not only are you doing damage, but you're inspiring. So, very similar feel there. But, yeah, I completely agree with your assessment. Um, It kind of seems to be a theme across most Stormcast. They kind of have that inspire that you really want to go off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess with uh, Condemners, you want to roll a crit. And with uh, Champions, you want to roll a successful defense. So, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, that is interesting. Rolling the dice and letting <laughs> Sigmar or Fate decide where they go. Let's jump to our next fighter. Looks really cool, imposing. He's kind of like ready to to like brace for impact. Um, and I, I guess it kind of makes sense on some of the uh, attack actions here. So again, like every Stormcast Eternal, three move, one block, four wounds. He's got the exact same profile for his Thunderhead Great Bow. Three range, two smash, two damage. He does have a shoulder barge attack, so kind of looks like that because he's about to yank his shoulder into you. Uh, one range, three fury, one damage, knockback one. Um, same rules apply for the Thunderhead Great Bow, only one time per action phase. And of course, he inspires by a successful Thunderhead Great Bow attack action. Um, now, when Aphis inspires, um, his Thunderhead Great Bow doesn't change, but his Shoulder Barge goes to 2 damage, keeps the knockback, and uh, nothing else really changes except for a really cool rule. 
if this fighter is holding an objective, you can reroll one dice in this fighter's defense rolls. So he's, I guess, the more accurate, you know, version of the bunch. He's secured the high ground, if you will, and he's aiming down and <laughs> plowing away. What do you think about Aphis the Brave? Hmm. Um, I mean, he seems like a slightly worse version of the leader, basically. Mm-hmm. Um... The knockback, I guess, situationally could be interesting, um, but it is it is interesting that he has such low damage. Um, I guess two isn't that bad, and you can always upgrade him. So um, you're definitely going to want to make that uh, a charge with him in the first round. I think <laughs> just go ahead and get the two damage shot off. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. He's just a slightly weaker version of the leader in terms of stats, but I do think his potentially. His uh, hold objective special rule is um, is more interesting because you get that reroll. So if you like charge onto objective, as you mentioned with Celestis, um, and you happen to stay on it, when you start the next round, you can get a more accurate shot. Two smash plus a reroll is pretty solid. Yeah. Okay. Well, our uh, next fighter is Melisan Starsided. Uh, again. Three move, one block, four wounds. Same exact stats for the Thunderhood Great Bow. Range three, two smash, two damage. Same inspire, needs to have a successful attack action. Can only be used once per attack for the Thunderhead Great Bow. Uh, but this one is a kicker. She has crushing kick. Range one, two <laughs> smash, one damage. When she inspires, that kick goes to two damage with knockback one. Um, her special rule for holding objective is plus one dice to this fighter's attack actions. What do you think about Malison? What was the bonus again? Oh, she gets a reroll. Oh, no, sorry. What plus one dice when she's holding yeah, the objective? Yeah. Okay. I heard you right. Um, hmm. So I like her a little bit better um, than, what was it? Alphys. Uh, but they're yeah, very close. Um, very, very similar fighters. And uh, I would say where it matters, um, they're all, all three of them are pretty good. And that second round, you want to have inspired, then you can probably shoot something and then charge something. In the first round, you probably charge with them. But um, I like the bonuses for holding objectives. I think they're interesting. And uh, for the bonuses to the attacks, it's kind of cool that you could charge onto an objective and get the bonus for that attack. Yeah, right on. Completely agree. I think all three fighters function, function the same. Um, yeah. And then the bonus is kind of... Um, kind of uh, just add more flavor and can be situa- situationally pretty solid. Um, this is the first Stormcast Eternal Warband with four fighters. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and we've what got a Sleek. Fighter. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. Sleek the Griffhound. Um, range four. So, mo- oh, sorry, movement of four. He does dodge because he's agile little, little good boy. Um, he's got three wounds. And he's got a Beacon Claws attack action, range one, three, fury, one damage. This fighter's Beacon Claw attack action succeeds is the Inspire condition. Mm-hmm. Now, this it says this fighter cannot have attack action upgrades. Makes sense. Can't hold any weapons. He's a, he's a doge. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a really cool reaction called Warning Cry. This fighter can only make this reaction once per phase. Use this after an enemy fighter's declare attack action step. If that enemy fighter is within two hexes of this fighter, if you do give one guard token to each friendly fighter within one hex, very, very yeah. powerful. 
Um, but before we get into that, just jumped into his inspired side. Um, he goes to five move and two dodge. He's a quicker fella. And uh, his attack action goes to three, uh, it's already three fury, but he gains ensnare. So again, mm-hmm. plus one dice on defense, plus one move, and ensnare keyword on his attack action. Jonathan, what do you think about Sleek? Um, I think he's really cool. Um, I think initially when I saw the Warband, I was a little bit concerned that he would be a liability. Um, a lot of the time, like in Wild Hunt, for example, sometimes Legain can seem like a liability because he's not really that hard to kill. Um, but this reaction really makes it so that you don't want to just dive in on him. Because if he's near the other ones and you get too close to him, he's going to put everybody on guard. And that sounds kind of like a nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, it almost makes the leader's uh, ability gain a little redundant. So I think you probably want to keep him next to the other two, for sure. Yeah. Um, because that the ability to not be driven back is essentially guard. But, I mean, even if, you know, Celestis is not on an objective, then I think, or inspired, rather. Um, I think it's really good. Yeah, I really agree, man, with your assessment. So what do you think about the, the, the Warband uh, from a fighter card perspective? Um, I think they seem pretty solid. Um, you should inspire two fighters, I would say, on average in that first round if you charge with all four of them. Uh, hopefully it's two of the Storm cast, uh, particularly the leader. But uh, basically having three attacks with effectively six range, um, two damage, I think it's pretty solid for, for anything. Um, they seem a lot like Mogor's Fiends to me because of that inspire condition. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to feel a lot like that, I think. But uh, the bonuses for holding the objectives are cool. Um, I think we'll see how useful that is, but uh, I do feel like objectives are more useful for medium-sized warbands than they have been in the past. Do you um, count four as medium, or is that still small to you? I guess I start to count it as medium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I completely agree. They're going to live and die by their dice rolls, uh, attack dice rolls specifically, just like uh, mm-hmm. most warbands, but it, you feel it more because of that, that shared... Or similar inspired condition to Magor's Fiends. So um, an aggro ranged version of Magor's Fiends with a slightly weaker rip tooth <laughs> is the way I would. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but probably a lot harder to kill um, because of those defense dice and because of Sleek's reaction. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Warband, uh, big fan of the Stormcast aesthetic, and I do like range fighters. So seems like yeah. a match made in heaven. <laughs> Let's start with their objectives. So we've got the first objective here. We're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, advancing Storm for one glory. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter makes a range one attack action that takes an enemy fighter in enemy territory out of action. What do you think? I think this one's a little bit tricky for them. Um, in particular because other than the leader, their initial uh, melee attacks aren't great. Um they could still probably do it at some point, so I don't think it's a bad card, but uh, I guess I want to see what the other options are. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Surges is that you kind of want to take Surges that can help you almost score them in any phase, any round. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is feels definitely like a second round score. Yeah, I think so. Alrighty, well next card, Balanced Strategy, Surge. Score this immediately after an opponent's activation if your warband holds objectives two and four. What do you think? Yeah. That's really cool. It's uh, definitely better than the end phase versions. 
<laughs> the tactical supremacies. Right. Um, two glory, you said? Yeah, two glory. Yeah, that's a lot of glory. So, I don't know. These may be worth taking. Uh, just going to be a little random depending on where those uh, objectives are. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that it is two glory. Um, but you're absolutely correct. Random luck of the draw. It might be on the other side of the board. You move three. The cool thing is, is and we didn't mention this, but Sleek can hold objectives because it doesn't say he can't. Right. So he's, again, very similar to Riptooth in design. Um, so, you know, with that five move inspired, he can, or even four with like a spectral wings, he can jump across the board. Yeah. I think what we'll have to figure out as we play these guys is if this style ends up um, going well enough with how they want to play. Because, um, yes, you could dive, you know, sleek across the board, grab an objective, get two glory. But if he's not near his other fighters, then, you know, he's probably going to die and he's not going to also give out guard tokens when he does it. So um, right. it seems like there could be some like cost associated with this, but two glory is a lot. So um, two glory is I, a lot. Like yeah. Big yeah. fan. Next card, another surge for two glory. Boy, oh boy. Score this immediately <laughs> after an opponent's activation. If your warband holds two or more of the following objectives, one, three, and five. So any combination of one, three, and five, what do you think? <laughs> Well, this one is just like the other one, but better. Um, yeah, a little bit more just flexible. Just a little bit more flexible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exact same concept behind it. I dropped the card one second. <laughs> oh, no. It's a really interesting design. Like, I would probably be a little mad if this was a Thords of the Briar Queen card, but for a four fighter warband, um, this is interesting. And it makes me want to think about playing objective stuff with them. Yeah, definitely. I feel Those like this really warband. Yeah, I mean, like Dread Pageant are like a four fighter warband mm -hmm. that love holding objectives. So, like, dominant position and maybe swift capture can be really, really neat here. Yeah. Um, so, very cool stuff. Next card uh, One Glory, Bulwark Against the Dark. <clears throat> Score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more upgrades. What do you think? Um, this is an okay end phase card. Um, you probably score it sometime in the second, maybe the third round, um, which doesn't make me... Um, I, I probably wouldn't take it in a competitive deck, but um, it does get easier as the game goes on as you lose fighters. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we've seen this a lot in other factions, and I completely agree. It's it's good for our, like a starter, like a pure faction deck. Right. But aside from that, I, I don't know if we spend more time on it next card crucial objective one glory surge score this immediately after an opponent's activation if your warband holds two or four objective two or four yeah yeah and i guess i guess we didn't really talk about how all of these are after all of these are after an opponent's activation right right we did not yeah so that's pretty interesting um i guess what that's going to mean is you know once your opponent knows what you're trying to do um, they're going to be trying to get you off of those objectives. So it's not like you can just dive, sleek in, and you know nab objective two or whatever. Um, you're actually going to have to move on, and then it's up to your opponent to get you off. Um, so that'll be really interesting. Uh, I think I think I'm definitely going to try these cards um, because they seem like they'd be pretty powerful. Yeah, I really like the fact that it's after an opponent's activation because. Um, from a new player standpoint, it can, you know, it can kind of feel bad if it's after any activation or after your activation. Mm -hmm. So it gives the enemy or the opponent, who's presumably a newer player, um, or even someone who's a veteran, the chance to react to your play and then 
kind of deny it. So I like that there's a deniability factor here. Um, from an efficiency standpoint, I mean, I feel like the whole idea is like, if you can lean into the objective play, then great, because then your opponent doesn't know what you're trying to do or which numbers mm-hmm. you're going for. So if they can't stop you or stop more than one of your fighters, then it could potentially work out if you're just looking to just jump on all the objectives and you know blast them away. Um, but I don't know. You're right. I, I like the I like the fact that you said the word try because in in a way, it might not work out. Right? Like it yeah. might just be better to go full aggro, shoot face. Yeah, I mean there will be situations when you have to move a stormcast onto an objective without making a ranged attack. Um, and I guess you can set up the objectives, you know, kind of close to your enemy, um, so that you can then charge onto them. But that means that they're going to have the opportunity to block them, and um, you may have to fight over them. So, yeah, very, very interesting. It makes them a little bit. Uh, they they certainly don't like being pushed off of objectives after their activations. No, and they may want to take a bunch of pushes to help secure. So, yeah, or guard stuff like maybe if Sleek's too far away. Mm-hmm. You know, Buried Instinct sounds really cool for them. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe it's worth taking like a tight defense or survival instincts, you know, just depending. So I also like how the better of the two glory ones is the opposite of the one glory one. Yes. Um, so you're not going to really be able to stack like you can sometimes with hidden purpose, temporary victory. Like you'd have to theoretically hold like almost all the objectives to score uh, within the faction deck, because you can definitely just take right. hidden purpose or swift capture and, and kind of do all <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And well. you probably will, but yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, next card is a three glory end phase called Great Purification. Score this in the end phase if your warband holds three or more objectives or four or more or four or more enemy fighters are out of action. So hold three at the end of the round or four <laughs> fighters are dead. What do you think? So I think this one's pretty tricky. Um, even with something like Glorious Triumph, I think holding three objectives with a four fighter warband is going to be pretty hard. And uh, killing four fighters is... A lot. We we talked about uh, I think in the last episode how uh, killing three fighters is a lot. Yeah, the vampires. So with blood. This is a little bit more glory, but yeah, it's pretty difficult. Well, there might be some matchups where that second option isn't even an option because they have three fighters. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this could this could be terrible, Um, but it's it's worth three glory. So something that you could build into. Um, Next card. Here we stand. Score this in the end phase if your warband holds two or more objectives for one glory. So an end phase, hidden purpose. What do you think? Um, this one I think I like. Um, if you're going with an objective hold style, I think this is pretty doable. Um, a lot of warbands would really, really like this card. Um, I think the only reason I wouldn't take it is if I wasn't trying to play objectives or there were just better options, um, probably two glory options. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Lightning Strike. One glory, score this in the end phase if an enemy leader is out of action. So we've we've seen a bunch of these cards in the past. <laughs> um, it's an no. end phase, so yeah. Yeah, they're just not efficient enough in this game. And you might never kill the enemy leader because they might just be Voltron or protected. They're generally f- pretty good, so... you know. They, and this one is a little bit better than some of them because it just says in an end phase if the enemy leader is out of action. So as long as you kill them at any point, you could score this. Yeah. Um, but it's one glory. It's really hard to kill the enemy leader, though. They tend to be well-liked and protected. Be. Point yeah. blank. Surge. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter made a successful range 3 attack action which targeted an adjacent fighter. So just shotgun styling <laughs> someone in the face. for sur- uh, It's one glory surge. What do you think about this one? 
Um, I think the design of this one's really cool. Um, I feel like when people start with the design of this card is really cool. There's like a negative coming right after. Well, I think it is a good surge because basically it's make a successful attack. Um, a melee attack. Is, well, like, yeah, it has well, to be the yeah, bow. You'd, it has to be adjacent, but it, it has to be the bow, yeah. Yeah, but for a lot of warbands, if you had a card that just said make a successful range one attack, then you'd be all over that. Um, right. Like uh, what armor was a great card and that's, you know, cleave only. So That's a very um, good point. I think this is good. I think... Um, it's just cool because it makes you use the range weapon in a way that maybe you don't want to. Um, so I, I think I would try this card out. Yeah, cool thing is you can just like charge adjacent to a fighter, shoot yeah. them, inspire, get two glory because you count point blank, maybe primacy, you know, mm-hmm. can be pretty powerful if it compounds in the right way. Um, Righteous Banishment is the next card for one glory. Score this in the end phase of two or more enemy fighters are out of action. What do you think? Um, I think it's pretty decent as far as one glory uh, cards go. I think in general, um, I'm just rating these pretty low right now because of the um, current card pool with a lot of two glory end phase cards. But this is a very scorable one. Yeah, I think from a from a new start from a new player's perspective, it's a solid solid mm-hmm. way to learn the game and and you know play to your end phase cards. Um, mm-hmm. From from a veteran perspective, like you mentioned, and, and I guess that's the lens that we look through most of the time. It's very difficult, or, or it's not difficult, rather, but it's it's difficult to keep in the deck because there are just some better two end aggro objectives out there. Two end. It's also a little bit matchup dependent, um, and you know, in the previous meta, I would probably have like in some time in Beast Grave, I would have rated this higher than I would now. Um, you know, we were against crushes. <laughs> Killing two of their fighters can be a victory condition. <laughs> That's know? right. Yeah, it's definitely so, worth more than just one glory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. Uh, next objective is Shining Heroes. Score this in the end phase of each surviving friendly fighter is inspired for one glory. What do you think about that? Um, I think this one's kind of tricky. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so th- th- this is a tricky one. I like the fact that it says surviving friendly fighter. So this is going to be like a... Unless you get really hot dice early in the game, mm-hmm. um, you're just going to eventually score this in round two or three. And for one glory... Don't know if that's worth it, but from a new player's perspective, I like the fact that it's teaching you, you know, teaching new players that, hey, you want to inspire because not only you're getting benefit, but you can also potentially score glory from it as well. But I don't know if I put it in my deck past the the new phase. Yeah, I think I agree. Okay, zone of banishment, last objective. For two glory, score this in the end phase if there are no enemy fighters in your territory. So it's a quicker version, but less payout of denial what do you think so i think this is a really good card um i think just knowing that they have it uh and if it's popular um i think it may force your opponent to play a certain way which i think can be powerful maybe the downside is that in the current meta this may be how the enemy wants to play anyway um so if the if you know that a lot of warbands are just trying to get in your territory anyway then maybe you wouldn't take this one yeah, because like uh, the hunt advances and bold deeds and show of force, exactly. very popular. Yeah. yeah, so in that case, it may be too difficult, but it's something to keep in mind. Two glory is really nothing to sneeze at, and in a like if uh, someone was trying to play a passive vampire build, this card would be very frustrating. 
Yeah, it's a really good point. And the fact that it's always at the back of your mind if you're playing against them, like, man, I just need to stick a fighter in there just in case. I think mm-hmm. it's a great, uh, great mental, excuse me, d- uh, stimulation, but also like potential counterplay as well, which is neat. Yeah, and um, in like a best of three, maybe you score it in the first game and then they know that they have to be in your territory the entire time um, to stop you from scoring it again. And that can just be annoying, I think, so. Yeah, it almost actually kind of works as a win more card as well if your attacks are going off and you're killing fighters. <laughs> yeah. So if you're like charging in enemy territory and on objectives, like shooting people down, then more more likely than not, you know, you're going to get an additional two glory in the end phase. Yeah, I agree. Very cool. Okay, um, so we'll start with, so before we jump to the gambits, uh, any any favorite that you have? Is it is it the last card, which was uh, <laughs> the, the banishment, zone of banishment? Um, no, I think I'm going to go with, um, the bold claim card, the surge for holding one, three and, or two of one, three and five. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that I'm the most curious about, uh, trying out. We haven't had anything quite like that so far. So I like point blank. Yeah. That was cool. Shotgun. <laughs> Pew. All right. Um, cool. Well, let's jump to the gambits then. So we've got. Uh, etheric channeling play this only in an opponent's power step the first range three plus attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation has your pick of plus one dice cleave or ensnare sounds like a good card to me it is a really good card um interestingly i think you almost always push uh pick one dice yeah because i think one dice is almost always better than cleave or ensnare but uh, it's really good. Yeah, really like it. I like how it's like a teaching step as well. Play mm-hmm. this only in an opponent's power step because you a player could play it in like their power step going into the opponent's activation. So I like how it's worded just for um, yeah introduction purposes. Yeah, I know in the past I've played something like Determined Effort and they're like, are you sure it's about to be my activation? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you. So I this, obviously don't know what's going happening. Yeah, this will stop you from sounding like an idiot in front of your opponent. So. Um, I'm sure I'll figure out a way, but yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, cool. Next card is Channeled Step. Choose one friendly fighter holding an objective that is not within two hexes of an enemy fighter. Place that fighter on another objective that is not within two hexes of enemy fighters. Give that fighter one move token. What do you think? Wow. Hmm. So the two hex limitation is kind of a big deal, but this is also a lot of mobility and you do have range three. So this I think could be uh, pretty good for them. Yeah. First off, I have to say, I love the Owen Wilson. Wow. (laughs) Um, But uh, I do like this one because what's really cool is you can score like a two or four card and then maybe you draw into like a one, three or five card and then Mm -hmm. you just, jump and score that as a surge or because it's after your opponent's activation for some of these cards but still like pretty neat and the mobility is nice you mentioned the range so they can it's not within two hexes but it could be within three and guess what's within range three or you know what shoots at range three the thunder what is it called thunder (laughs) thunderhead great bow yeah even though it's a crossbow yeah and you could do some weird stuff like charge onto um an objective shoot at somebody and then like zip away. Um, so I think there's going to be, I think there's a lot of cool options with this one. Yeah. Very cool. Next card, concerted consolidation. 
Choose up to two friendly fighters in your territory, plus each fighter one hex towards the nearest objective token. What do you think? I think this is a great card. Yeah. It's interesting that it's in your territory. Yeah, that's interesting. It poses an interesting question because, like, when you're playing this warband, do you want to have three objectives or do you want to give your opponent three and then charge into their territory? And, you know, like, look for the other two. Or, sorry, guarantee two and look for the other three, right? Yeah. It is curious because I would say they have a very aggressive stat line, but these cards are making me want to play them defensively. So, um, it's, it's interesting so far. But, yeah, I mean, push, push two fighters is great. So, yeah, the only reason fighters, I wouldn't okay. take it is. Oh, sorry. No, you got it. The only reason I wouldn't take it is if I really didn't plan to be in my territory. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say is even then you can place your objectives in such a way where you like moving closer to the nearest objective is also towards the enemy. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's cool. I mean, there's some dual um, viability there. But let's jump to the next one. Distracting shot. Play this only in your power step. Minus one dice from enemy fighters attack actions in the next activation to a minimum of one. Yeah. Um this, I don't think these are bad ploys. We've we've seen these before. Um, I don't think they usually make the cut. They are very powerful in the first round before you have a lot of accuracy happening. Um, so I think in a starter deck, this is pretty solid. I don't know if it'll make the cut in a competitive one. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, next one is called Great Bow Block. Uh, image is kind of cool. Blocking a spear with his gun. So <laughs> makes sense says what it does on the tin play this only in your power step each time a friendly fighter other than sleek is dealt damage in the next activation reduce that damage to one yeah that one's really good yeah that can save your behind yeah yeah this is a great card in the other war bands that have it um like chosen axes and um Mabors, Mabors Mabors fiends. Yeah. yeah so very very nice the cool thing is, is that your opponent is pretty much, if they were trying to attack you, they can only attack Sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone else that they try to attack, the three other fighters, they only, only, only take one damage. Yeah, the other thing is it's worded a little bit differently, which is interesting. Because um, it says each time instead of the first time, like some of the other ones do. So yeah. theoretically, if you were hit by a scything attack, you would still just take one. Yeah, or if someone's trying to combo you off the board. Yeah, as long as the attacks are taking place in the activation, um, oh, that's which right. I yeah. think the reactions might not be for like them, wolf yeah. attacks or combo. Yeah, True, true, true. Still, pretty neat. Pretty yeah, solid great card. card. Next card is Healing Tempest. Choose one friendly fighter and roll one defense die. On a roll of block, heal two, otherwise heal one. This is a faction version of uh, Healing Potion. Yeah, which is a pretty solid card. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got Elite Warband and... They're starting to take some damage. 50-50, or not 50-50, but 33% of the time they can uh, negate that damage, which is pretty cool. One cool thing about uh, Great Bow Block that I just thought of is when you play it, you are kind of painting a target on Sleek. Yes. <laughs> which might mean that you end up putting everybody on guard. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that's actually a really good combo. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Kind of forces very them nice. to make a possibly bad decision yeah you're effectively making a a very opponent a very bad activation for one for one of their activations which is always a blessing in this game 
Absolutely. Next card, Lightning Flare. Play this only in your power step. In the next activation, enemy fighters cannot target fighters that are two or more hexes away. Hmm. I would say this is very situational. It would be useful in the mirror match. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, they're paired up against a warband that all, like, three of their fighters have range two attack actions. But... Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it's completely useless in the in the, in the the box set, yeah. Yeah, unless you're trying to stop the, the drummer. But, uh... Yeah, interesting card. Um, I think it's a little weak, though. But, um... It does, I guess, teach positioning, which is cool for a starter set. Yeah, that's true. Raise the Alarm is the next card. Um, play this only in an opponent's power step, plus one dice to a friendly fighter's attack action in the next activation that target an enemy fighter with one or more charge tokens. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't as good as some of the other um, plus one dice cards that we have because it has that limitation, but that's a pretty easy limitation. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. Um, but yeah, I do. I definitely think like victimize and sitting target and well, victimize wouldn't work, but sitting target is better. Stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's true. It isn't, doesn't have any kind of uh, range limitation. So yeah. that, that is important. Yep. Yep. Uh, stalwart defense, play this only in your power step plus one damage or plus one defense to each <laughs> friendly uh, friendly fighter holding an objective in the next activation. So um, essentially, if you've got three fighters holding objectives that are all Stormcast, uh, Aphis and Melisand go to two, and Celestis goes to three block. Yeah. What do you think? I think that could be um, pretty good. Um, like you said, the more fighters that you are holding objectives, I think the better it is. Um. And they are on, you know, if they're on two block and they go to three block, I actually like that a lot. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think it's very situational. Might not make the cut, but it's cool to teach players again the fact that you can, you know, manipulate defense dice for at least a turn or an activation. Yeah, yeah, I think it competes with uh, buried instinct a little bit. Yes, and I imagine buried instinct is slightly better. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Last gambit on uh, this warband is called Swift Step. Choose one friendly fighter. Push that fighter one hex. Push that fighter up to two hexes instead if it's sleek. He's a quick one. <laughs> He's a fast doji. Yeah. Um, I like this a lot. Sidestep, but a little bit better if you're sleek. Yeah. It's a good card. Fundamentals. Um, Jonathan, do you have a favorite of the bunch? Hmm. Um, I think there's a couple good ones in here, actually. Yeah, there really are. I think the best one is the Great Bow Block. Yes, hundred percent. Very powerful card. I also like Etheric Channeling. You know, yeah, plus one die, cleaver and snare. But as you mentioned, probably almost always plus one dice. So, yeah, but it's cool that they can get uh, two of those along with Raise the Alarm. So, yeah, very cool card. Um. So I think the overall I'm a bit higher on the gambits than I was on the objectives, but the objectives are interesting. So that's not, that's not a bad thing, right? Um, yeah. They're just, well, there's going to be a lot of testing. I think <laughs> they're very, they, they sort of force a very interesting play style for this warband. The objectives mm-hmm. do the yeah. gambits seem um, much more straightforward. Agreed. 
Um, okay, well, let's jump to the upgrades. So first one is restricted to Aphis. It's called Cautious Advance. Reaction after this fighter's attack action, in which this fighter made an attack action, puts this fighter one hex. Um, I like this effect. But I don't really like that it's limited to Aphis. Yeah, same. It's a powerful effect. It's pretty much dual of speed. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, unfortunately it is restricted to Aphis. But for a beginner, it's cool to like learn that certain upgrades only work on certain fighters. And maybe if you really like this card, you can prioritize keeping Aphis safe compared to the other two. Maybe play more aggressively with Malison, you know, so. Yeah. Some cool play there. Uh, next card is Concussive Cloud. Range, so it's an attack action that you can give to any one of the Stormcasts because this is a bow, a type of ammo shot, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Range three, two smash, one damage, but it gives knockback one. If this attack action succeeds, give the target one move token. Yeah. So it's a nice way to lock somebody up if you need to. Yeah. The cool thing is, is this is not a Thunderhead or a thunderhead great bow attack action so you yeah, can that's true. use this more than once you can shoot with the bow and then maybe if you have um well one of the essential cards is uh i think it's glory seeker right mm -hmm. um, so you can just have another backup you know shoot with range two as well so yeah maybe play like a jealous defense as well yeah yeah so yeah cool applications here i think a knockback one situationally can knock you into a lethal or something yeah. So I like that it's sort of free. I mean, this is a pretty solid ranged upgrade. Yeah, I really like it. Um, and uh, again, you can kind of get around that limitation on your gun. Yeah, I think it's very yeah. annoying in the second or third round um, when you most likely have somebody in range. Yeah, and the cool thing is because of the knockback, you can like blast fighters like away from sidestep range if they're holding an objective. Mm -hmm. So if you push them two back, they can't sidestep back on and then maybe it opens it up for one of your other fighters. So yeah. That's true. Cool thought there. Um, cool head is restricted to Melisan. Um, pretty much, it's a um, eagle eye. You can reroll one dice in this fighter's attack rolls. Yeah. Um, despite the limitation, I think this is powerful enough that you think about taking it. Yeah. Um, in a faction only deck, I think it's great. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't. I think maybe you just take eagle eye instead if you're playing yeah. with a universal pool. But very, very, very accurate in in your uh, assessment. Right. Yeah, because I Next. don't think, um, I think maybe Eagle Eye is the only range three accuracy we have right now, right? Yeah, that's been released thus far. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. The next one is called I'll Cover You! Exclamation point. Um, restricted to Celestis, Melisande, and Aphis. If this fighter has not yet made a Thunderhead Great Bow attack action in this round, each time a friendly fighter within three hexes is a target of attack action, this fighter is a supporting fighter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's interesting because like you kind it, it kind of forces your fighters to kind of be bunched up. I know that there's like a three hex limitation between each objective, so this could work on like another fighter. Um, works better. Um, obviously, it works on the person who's using it. So you probably stick this on Celestis, so he always gets. Um, sorry, it doesn't work on. Well, I guess it does work on yourself. No, it says. Each time a friendly fighter within three. So yeah, you are a friendly fighter within three. So if if, if Celestis hasn't shot yet, he can pretty much just gain supports on. Um, I don't know if he can support himself. Well, it says right here, if this fighter has not yet made a Thunderhead Great Bow attack action this round, each time a friendly fighter within three hexes 
is the target of an attack action. This fighter is a supporting fighter. I guess you can't, yeah. Okay, maybe it says because this fighter is a supporting fighter, it wouldn't count as supporting yourself. But I think that the way that I read within three means you can count yourself, so. Yeah, normally within three means that you could. I'm just not sure if you can, but that's, I, I don't think, may need an FAQ. It might. I don't think you can because it says this fighter is a supporting fighter. And if this fighter is attacked, then this fighter cannot support himself. Unless it does, because there's sometimes cards... I certainly think it were so. Okay, well... Then what know. do you think? Pretty much a... Pretty much a um, what's it called? Bonded for one of your fighters, then, I guess, huh? on defense, if you haven't shot yet. Yeah. Um, generally, I would say it's probably not worth it. Um, support is nice. And, even, and on two dice, it's pretty nice. But... You can always just attack this fighter, assuming that it, you aren't able to support yourself. Um, and I think there are probably better defensive upgrades. So that's how I yeah. think about it. Okay, cool. Long ranged is the next upgrade. Plus one range to this fighter's Thunderhead Great Bow attack action. So you can make one of your <laughs> Thunderhead Great Bow attack actions range four. Um, ultimately, I'm not sure if this is worth it because you're only... Presumably, you don't get this in the first round and then you only have two range four attacks you can use right yeah i mean what was the card from Nightball? long shot i think long shot uh, i guess that wasn't an upgrade but yeah i think range three is probably enough i think they're probably good got it okay yeah mm-hmm. i guess long shot wasn't used but yeah um i did someone did play it against me at, at atc i don't know if you remember that but i was like oh yeah their thunder can hit my thunder <laughs> and he's like long shot and i was like oh yeah. Thankfully, he missed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good problem, game, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, loyal companion, restricted to sleek. Reaction after another friendly fighter's activation, push this fighter up to two hexes so that the two fighters are adjacent. If you cannot, you cannot use this reaction. Hmm. So, this is really cool because you can like charge with a fighter and then sleek can come up and be a supporting fighter. Um, or you can move and get sleek onto in a way in which he can be a surviving defensive fighter or maybe like activate his guard. Yeah. Reaction. I think this could be pretty good. Um, if your strategy was to keep everybody together and use sleek's uh, reaction to keep guard on stuff to keep him around. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder if the way that you'll end up playing sleek is just to keep him in the back, holding one of the important objectives <laughs> and go forward with the other three. Yeah. Um, so I think depending on how you play this warband, um, maybe this is something you think about. Um, I feel like there's probably um, too many good upgrades in the game right now, though. Yeah, but I mean, I guess from a, I mean, I like like you know, I abs- absolutely think that Sleek is prim- primarily going to be hold the back objective, you know, keep him safe. But yeah, I guess if you're playing aggro, I mean, Sleek is a better than Grawl and Legain. So yeah. Um, you know, maybe he can get some damage upgrades as well. Especially yeah, because these guys are... Pl- oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, just finishing the thought, especially because you're going to be shooting with these guys more. So maybe Sleek is a great candidate for a great strength or Sting of the Air Grub or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. It's also possible that you would be holding an objective, you know, in the first round or towards the end of the first round, and then you would charge forward or something. So, Because um, that guard reaction is really good. It is. Super good, super good. Okay, getting down to our last three cards here. Reconsecrate for an upgrade action. This fighter can only make this action if this fighter is in the same hex as an objective token. Pick another objective token. 
place each objective token in the hex the other token was in, then give this fighter one charge token. So it's like shard, shade shard caller from Shade Spire, yeah. but you yeah. get a charge token. Right. So it, it would it would help with their um, their objective cards, but I don't like the charge token or the fact that it takes an action. So yeah, um, yeah, that might be might not be good enough. Yeah, it might, it might be rough, but it's cool to again teach newer players that they can manipulate the board state. Um, and then mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Like you can play this in a round four, right before the end phase, like fourth activation rather, and then swap an objective, score your hand or a surge or something like that too. You know, um, if your opponent has an activation or maybe after their first activation in the next round. So, um, really interesting to note, which I just thought about, is if you have the last activation and you have a surge that scores after an opponent's activation, and then in the next round you go again, <laughs> then you have to effectively wait a whole nother activation before you can, before your opponent can react to you. So it, in a way it could be like, you can buff up the way that you're trying to protect the objectives or, um, you could, it could actually be even more detrimental given the fact that you're assuming you might score, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This warband may really like to go first for that reason. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Stoic fortitude, classic card, but it's restricted to Celestis plus one wound. What do you think? Um, I think I like it. Um, there's just a lot of other wounds in the meta right now, but I feel like most of the time you're going to want to be putting the wounds on him anyway. So I think yeah. it's, um, I think it's worth considering, but you may not need it after some of the other options. But. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're really like want like a third plus one wound, yeah. Um, or you don't want to spend a restricted slot, then yeah, then maybe stoic fortitude is a great, uh, great option. Yeah, I agree. Um, last card, Strength of Sigmar, man, card artist, so cool. He's just blowing through one of those glaive wraiths with the shoulder. Um, <laughs> plus one damage to this fighter's range one attack actions. It's not restricted, so it can go on sleek as well. So pretty much in faction, great strength, but for range one attacks only. Hmm. What do you think? <clears throat> well, they don't have any range two attacks, so it doesn't yes. really matter that it's range one. Uh, Unless you're going for sense. attack action upgrades. Yeah. That's true. They could take weapons. Um, so in general, I think it's a pretty decent source of damage. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Did we Do you have a favorite? Do we skip a card? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Okay. Um, do I have a favorite? Did we talk about Reconquer? That was the one I wasn't sure we... God. Yeah, maybe I just skipped it because it's not that good, but <laughs> um, that's my bad. Yeah, Reconquer that's is okay. uh, plus one move. Reaction after this fighter's move action, push this fighter one hex onto an objective token. Yeah. What do you um, think? It's not plus two move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Savage Speed is just so much better of an option. Even potentially... Um, you know, gambits can be can slot in here. The, the reaction is cool because maybe you can move four, and then the fifth the fifth hex is the objective. Mm-hmm. But um, I rather just take the flat five. Yeah, of course, it doesn't take away a defense dice like Savage Speed does. So. That's true, but only one of them inspires. So Sleek and Celestis inspired it too, though the others don't. Yeah, yeah. So you just wouldn't want to put it on the leader. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Sleek, but um, 
Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for catching that hiccup there. It's the first time I've done that. <laughs> um, what's your favorite card upgrade? Hmm. You know, it may have to be... May have to be the concussive cloud. I feel like I'm stealing yours, but you are. <laughs> we you never are, we never coordinate these <laughs> before. And... Yeah, but it's good because it makes me think of another one. Yeah, it's a great card. It's a very good card. Um, I think I'm a fan of uh, loyal companion because I think I want to play them aggressively. So you know, yeah, maybe positioning an extra support and then like being able to auto react with, um, you know the his, his reaction to help put a fighter on guard might be really cool. So generally I wouldn't invest in uh, upgrades for like some of the weaker like dog, cat, demon hound type fighters. Mm-hmm. But I think Sleek is an important enough part of this piece, this puzzle, um, that it could be useful because Warning Cry is really good. Yeah. I think it is really good. Especially against like a range one only warband where you can keep everybody close and uh, get those guard tokens out. Yeah. 100% man. So um that concludes all the cards for the uh Storm of Celeste. Jonathan, what do you think about this warband holistically now that we've kind of gone over everything and and uh like how would you play them? Well, I certainly want to try them out um the way that it seems like they were designed with um this focus on objective tokens. Um, it seems like a really interesting way to play. It seems like they have the tools for it with the ways to go on guard, the leader not being able to be pushed if he's inspired. Um, of course, there's some universal tools like their instinct that you can take. Um, there are ways to stay on objectives if you want to. You could even take some of the surges for being attacked when you're on an objective and staying on there, like um, Dead Fast Defender. Um, and so that could be really interesting. You know, you you charge on, you inspire your leader, they attack you back and you score like two surges. <laughs> so um, if that doesn't work, I think you go aggro and I think they have the tools for that too. I completely agree. I think for me, I'm, I'm leaning more toward like a range Magoras play style mm-hmm. where like I'm trying to um, charge up into their territory and just start shooting as much as I can. Um reacting by punching them and kicking them and shoulder barging them (laughs) but um i do think that playing into your faction card strengths is really important um yeah and so that could make it hard to build in a universal pool um but i think there are a lot of good universals out there right now at the time of this release anyways that um maybe it's not as hard as i'm thinking it is um so it's really interesting that we're gravitating towards two opposite spectrums of play but i think they're both pretty viable I'm looking forward to seeing how you do with the objective style because I think if you can figure it out, it can be as powerful as maybe the Dread Pageant, which are solid upper B tier, if not, you know, A tier right now. Yeah. Yeah. Notably, they don't really have um, any enemy pushes, I think. Um, I don't think, but I mean, they have a lot of range, which can be nice for that. But in the power step, it seems like they're mainly able to push their own fighters. Yeah. I mean, well, there are two distractions in the universal pool right now. Yeah. Maybe uh, a lot of ways to push. So, yeah. Yeah. But I like it. You know, maybe a good candidate for confusion for these fighters as well, since they're maybe mm-hmm. you're going to the hold objective approach. But uh, I like a man. I like range fighters. I like Stormcast. I'm definitely going to give these guys a go. Um, 
you know, weaknesses and strengths, maybe uh, weaknesses, they're Stormcast. So when you start losing a fighter or two, it can be really hard to kind of come back from that. Sleek kind of offsets it. But I mm-hmm. imagine in some games he might just be like dead weight. Um, yeah. So that yeah. might be a challenge. So I don't know if he offsets it, but the, I don't know, strengths, man. I think if you roll well, then you're going to be in a great spot. But then again, you know, that's for any warband. It's, it's pretty much this game. If you start rolling hot, you're going to be in a good spot. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think it's I a great intro warband. Yeah, I think they're good. I think I enjoy the fact that you can learn the game with them, but you can also have some fun. And uh, I think the nuance will be with the objective stuff, really. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, figuring out how to make that work because it's it's kind of different. It's different than anything else we've seen before, and um, it's something that I think I have to wrap my head around. Like, how hard is it actually to control the objectives that you want to after your opponent's activation? And then, like, just something your opponent's going to have to get used to as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah. But I guess uh, you know, if you figure it out, it might be really good. I think so. I mean, there's a lot of glory in those surges. So, yeah, there's a lot. You Did you do a total? Think about those. A total of glory. Yeah, I can do it real quick. Uh, One, three. I can. Seventeen. Yeah. And the crimson court had seventeen as well. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Well. Um. If you don't have any more closing thoughts, I think that wraps it up for this episode. So if you want to go ahead and take out with the outro, all you... Yeah, I think that's all I have. I'm definitely excited to try these guys out, but uh, that's all I got. So once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you'd like to join our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content at path to glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your Path to Glory. Pew, pew, bark, bark.